0: This is The Legal Lounge from Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors where you'll hear about many aspects of law in England and Wales with special guests, industry experts and local charities. Here's your host Amanda Jones.
1: Hello and welcome to The Legal Lounge where we now release new episodes every Monday. If you haven't heard previous shows, there's plenty of content for you if you're going through a divorce, want to know more about claiming for injuries, or you're training to be a lawyer. You can listen to these shows on your favourite podcast app and get more information by visiting lblaw.co.uk forward slash podcast. In this podcast, family law solicitors Caroline York and John Moriarty explain how being prepared with key information and having relevant documents to hand may ultimately reduce costs.
2: So John, we both practice in um, family law across the the span of subjects, but I, I'm sure we've both come across situations where we feel that the client maybe could co-work with us in a way that maximises the experience for them as well and helps reduce their costs. Can you give me some idea of experiences you've had and the, the tips that you would give to a client, especially for their first meeting with you?
0: I think that what's really important is that they come prepared to that first meeting with critical information. And when I say critical information, I mean uh, dates such as dates of birth for themselves, their partners, their children, the marriage, the relationship, any important court dates which may have already arisen due to them already being involved in proceedings. We need to know so that we can determine whether or not the timescales involved are realistic or whether or not there needs to be some uh, rethink of the overall timetable. But over and above that, uh, basic information such as the uh, jobs each party is carrying out, including their roles, salary, hours, whether or not there's been uh, any pre- or post-nuptial agreements, particularly obviously in financial matters. And any informal agreements which they may have uh, reached regarding the children or the financial matters between uh, the parties. Any views they have about perhaps how they may want to uh, share the childcare in in relation to uh, any children they have. And what personally I find really helpful is a summary of the assets such as properties, who owns what, pensions, businesses, loans, debts, mortgages, That information really helps to build up a picture for the lawyer advising that client in that first meeting so that they can give, as best they can at that stage, targeted strategic advice. If a client comes in to that first meeting and really hasn't got a grasp of the basic facts, it makes it extraordinarily difficult for a lawyer then to give targeted strategic advice and proactive advice, often a client could then be left feeling, well, what was the purpose of that? But sadly, lawyers are cautious beings by their very nature, and they're not going to offer advice if they're not satisfied that they've got a good idea of what is in the pot. When they're looking to uh, advisors to how the court may approach a, a matter. So I think that's really important. Preparation, preparation, preparation is the key and often when I perhaps have uh, an initial call with a client who's potentially going to come in, I say please jot down any questions you want to raise with me because often there is such a lot of information which is discussed At that first meeting, people get overwhelmed, they forget what they want to raise, they'll come away thinking, well, I've not made the best use of my time, and that's really important that they do make good use of their time.
2: Yeah, I've often had clients who've come in with lists of questions and I can see them in the meeting ticking off the questions, which is helpful to me as well to know that I've covered what what was important to them, even if those questions are never specifically raised because somehow organically we've covered them. I think, again, it can reassure the client that they have had covered what was important to them beforehand. And uh, it also clears their mind so that they have an opportunity to react to anything I say and raise further questions based on what I've said.
0: Caroline, what what do you think with clients coming in just with a carrier bag of documents and saying, Here everything is in there, how does that impact upon the the advice you you may give at that first meeting? It's
2: extremely difficult because obviously you've no you've no sense of what's in there, so you can't target your questions um, based upon a, a sheaf of papers in front of you. So again, it doesn't help us advise you. It's not the best use of your money that you're spending to see us. So even if you have been working on a matter yourself uh, before you see us, Lister, for some considerable time, even just some time spent sorting documents into date order or putting them into different... Um, Folders and packets, depending on whether they're court orders or statements. If you have to do that, can be really helpful to us. But ideally, um, the more order there is in paperwork, the better. In those situations, I think again, if, if documents are sorted into document type, we know within those types what we're looking for so it makes it easier for us to sift through what we need to see and to, to advise you and to gain a strategy for the case moving forward. Would you say there's any such thing as too much information at the first meeting?
0: I am of the view that it's far better to give your lawyer too much information than uh, not enough because if there is relevant information which is not discussed, disclosed at that first meeting, then your lawyer can't give you full targeted strategic advice and effectively manage expectations, uh, manage what may happen within the discussion going forward and indeed the case. And so I think it is absolutely imperative that it is cards on the table when you meet your lawyer. Look, They are there to act in your best interests Uh, and if there are issues which understandably one may feel embarrassed awkward about far better to raise that with your lawyer because your lawyer can manage that manage the expectations manage how that may be presented going forward so that it's not effectively going to trip them up at the 11th hour and the whole case may take a completely different dynamic which One hadn't been anticipated, but would have been had the information been disclosed at a very early uh, stage. And I think that sort of feeds into, I would often say to my clients at that first meeting, please do tell me, even if you don't think it may not be relevant, your lawyer needs to know any issues which can then help possibly navigate bumps along the road and further problems arising. We're not here to judge you. We are here to act in your best interests. And I think if we have all of that information, that really, really helps. Please do share that information. I find that at that first meeting, it is the first opportunity that clients may have to discuss these issues. And some, more than others, need a lot of uh, support. And I do try to say, look, I am not a counsellor. If people are struggling with the fallout from a relationship breakdown please tell your lawyer we can signpost you to uh, appropriate counselors to work alongside us to help you focus on the the issues which we need you because the last thing we want is to spend half of the meeting discussing the emotional fallout from the relationship whereas we need to be giving targeted advice. What's your view on that, Caroline?
2: I I agree. I feel that the, the first meeting with a client is an opportunity to get to know them. And if they've been through difficult experiences, that is part of them as a person, unfortunately. So you do need to know about it. But there comes a point where we're not qualified to deal with some of the difficult issues they raise. So whilst it's important for us to know about them, we also need to be able to help the client in other ways by signposting them, as you say, to many of the experts that we've we've built up a relationship with in the course of our careers. So generally, we can recommend somebody that will be able to assist the client with that side of their experiences. And in doing so, that I think enhances what we can do as part of our role for the client. We can co-work with, with other experts if necessary to try and support them in all aspects of the situation. So I think it's really important to strike a balance and understand that if the client feels that we're perhaps not placing as much emphasis on something that they feel is important it's not that we don't care it's just that actually we may feel we've reached the limit of what we can do for you on that and therefore we're not shunting you off to somebody else we are trying to support you in getting the proper help for that issue just as you've come to a solicitor for legal assistance you may need to go to another specialist to work together with us and you to get assistance with other issues that may be impacting upon the legal problem.
0: I'm now digressing slightly. What are your views in terms of the documentation which clients should perhaps bring to the first meeting and any subsequent meetings? In particular, I find very often when we talked about the carrier bag example, a lot of the information is all over the place. It makes it very difficult to work through that what would you say that clients should be getting to you at that first meeting?
2: I think in, in, from financial perspective, if you're dealing with financial proceedings, at the very minimum, current bank balances, details of any valuation evidence you have about the house, even if it's just from Zoopla or another online... Uh, property valuation, an up-to-date mortgage statement, details of your pensions, um, preferably the CEV, the cash equivalent value, but if not, at least the address and identity of the pension provider so that we can contact them on your behalf if we have to. What I do find really important as well is um, when it comes to income is not only your net income from work but benefits and child maintenance. What I do find really helpful is that so many people bank online now that they can just go into their banking app in the meeting and find out what universal credit they're getting and what child benefit and so on. But to have a means of having that to hand really quickly is helpful because not only does it help us give targeted advice about the future progress of your case, it may help when determining issues such as child maintenance and it can flow into so many other aspects of the case. So that's not exhaustive, but certainly house values and mortgages, a bank balance, Details of any investments you might have. A basic idea of your shareholdings. We can go online in the meeting and find out what the shares are worth that day. But if you know how many shares you've got in a company, really useful. Details of any premium bonds. Again, just how many bonds you hold. Information that shouldn't be too onerous to get hold of before the meeting, but can actually make so much difference to the value of the time spent discussing it. I
0: also find, particularly for business owners, having certainly the latest accounts available details of the accountant because as you say we're lawyers we're not other experts and in particular accountants so it is likely that we will want to have some accountancy advice from the business accountant and having that information I find is again very very helpful we do have a knowledge of business accounts and we can look at potential issues which may be flagged up in those accounts so that we can start thinking about how the case may go forward. So I I certainly think that that's quite helpful to have at that first meeting. In terms of, you say, clients helping you to help them, so to speak, what's your view on clients doing certain procedural work themselves, possibly starting divorce proceedings, given that since uh, the no-fault divorce regime came in back in April last year, the system is geared towards many people dealing with divorces themselves. What's your view about that?
2: I'm probably going to be a complete lawyer on this and say it depends on the circumstances. Um, It really is horses for courses. But again, I think using that initial meeting effectively gives us a really good sense of how well-suited your case is to doing certain aspects of it yourself. A lot will depend upon the behaviour of the other party, the degree of agreement or accord there is between the two parties to be able to cooperate. So um, being able to use that first meeting effectively will enable me, perhaps with more um, certainty, to be able to say, well, it sounds to me like you may be able to do X, Y, Z yourself to speed up the process or minimise your costs, but that's not suitable to every case. Um, So whilst I'm always looking to help people keep their costs, down. Um, I think we have to be extremely cautious about leaving people to do parts of their case that, that actually their case may not be suited to because of the circumstances. Um, that's a very roundabout answer but in general that's something i try and identify in the meeting. So I think it's a constant balancing act between being mindful of costs but also realising that sometimes leaving ha- things in the hands of, of non-lawyers can unfortunately lead to further difficulties that may cost more to unpick in the future?
0: Certainly for my part, I I, I would add that before any person takes any step in in relation to issues arising out of their separation, they should get early legal advice so that they can get proper advice as to what's best for them. And the perhaps obvious examples I could give is that um, if somebody is proceeding with a divorce there are certain steps which do need to be taken or included within that divorce application so as to safeguard their position later down the line and the obvious one I can think of is where somebody may not have ticked the relevant box regarding seeking financial orders and the divorce is then concluded by way of final order and they then remarry and find out that they are prevented from pursuing certain financial orders as part of the financial uh, settlement. So I would emphasise to anybody, speak to a lawyer at the very early stages and agree what you are both going to do so that there is a clear understanding of how the case is going to go forward. There are also uh, issues potentially where there are connections to other jurisdictions about what would be the most appropriate jurisdiction to start any divorce proceedings in so please do engage with your lawyer because that's going to impact about how your case may go forward and the advice you're giving i'd also say to clients and i say this to many clients it is common that your lawyer will charge on an hourly rate and so be savvy about how you engage with your lawyer hasten to add that is not me saying please don't contact your lawyer because your lawyer, if he needs or she needs instructions, will then chase you for instructions which will increase your costs. What I mean to say is that make the most of your time. So rather than send perhaps three emails asking separate questions, send one email with three questions so that your lawyer has that. Similarly, sometimes your lawyer may say, please can you contact me on the telephone with your further instructions and then you'll get an email but it doesn't cover all of the points you need it and you are then finding you're chasing them. Lawyers will charge on an hourly rate for emails, phone calls. There is no distinction often on that front. Getting clear instructions to your lawyer is absolutely critical rather than leaving your lawyer with gaps in the information you're providing which means that you are going to be chased on that side. So, Do think about how you are going to engage, communicate. Similarly, if you are saying to your lawyer, I want to approve every letter which goes out, you have got no difficulty with that, but of course that comes at a cost to the client. So it may not be necessary that every communication with your spouse or partner needs to go through approval from you before that goes out. So again, having that two-way conversation so that there's a clear understanding, I think helps your lawyer know what you expect and you know what to expect from your lawyer.
2: I absolutely agree. And again, I think it comes back to what I said earlier on, the old adage of it being horses for courses. As that relationship develops, it will become clearer for both the lawyer and the client how the case is going to progress and how you're going to run it together.
0: That's really helpful, Caroline, I think, for anybody listening to this and hopefully will give them food for thought going forward forward. And if they are thinking about instructing a lawyer for the first time uh, as to what they may want to uh, have in mind uh, so that they can make the most of their time.
2: Hopefully.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to Caroline and John for lending their expertise. More proof that lawyers don't bite. If you have a legal issue you'd like me to put to our team to cover in an upcoming episode, please let me know by visiting lblaw.co.uk forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening. If you found the conversation useful, please remember to follow or subscribe on your app so you're notified of new releases when they come out every Monday. Speak to you next week. That was The Legal Lounge from Lanyon Bowdler Solicitors. Visit
0: lblaw.co.uk slash podcast for helpful resources. And please do follow or subscribe on your podcast app so you never miss an episode.